0: And guests and explore the simpler side of life. It is your host, Amish fiction author Tracy Fredikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski, and this is podcast episode 34. Each week I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers for this week's episode we have Amish fiction author Mindy Steele Mindy writes Amish romance peppered with just the right amount of humor as well as engaging contemporary suspense using rural America as its residence as her muse hello Mindy how are you today. I'm wonderful, Tracy. Thank you for having me here. Well, you're very welcome, and thanks for joining us today. I know we have a few things to chat about, the main being your upcoming release, Christmas Grace, and we are coming up on the holidays, so I'm really loving all these Christmas interviews. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're so welcome. All right, so... Like I always do, I like to take our listeners into a little behind-the-scenes view of their favorite author's writing career. So I have a few questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So let's start with, how about you describe to us what a typical writing day looks like for you?
1: Oh, well, you know, there's lots of coffee involved, Um, A messy desk, uh, quite a bit of pacing across the floor until I get everything right in my head. I'm currently working on the edits for my January release, The Butterfly Box, which is the second book in the Miller's Creek series. So I'm kind of jumping back and forth. And I think a typical day for me is jumping back and
0: forth. So you write a lot of your stories in series. So how about you tell us, how do you keep things fresh for both your readers and yourself when you're writing in a series?
1: Well, I mean, to me, each new book is fresh. You know, you haven't met all your characters yet. But I'm an avid reader, a Facebook surfer. So I get to see what other readers are reading and recommending, and it helps to stay on top of things. I have lots of maps, homemade, of course. Lots of character lists with full descriptions and photos to help me keep focused. This fall, my son and his very talented girlfriend are actually making a mural of Pleasants County, which were, is where almost all of my books are, you know, the setting is. And they're putting that on my office wall. So, yeah, that'll probably help me keep track just a little bit better because I have different Omni series like the Walnut Ridge, new series like Locust Creek, Miller's Creek, which everybody is already familiar with mostly, it's all part of one huge county and they're doing like the road names, certain landmarks, as you mentioned. So when you're working on your next project, you don't put the wrong road name. It's just so I can keep things straight, but it'll be awful
0: beautiful. Well, you know, I have a map on my office wall of Willow Springs and that's the the town that I write in. And I did that two years ago where I mapped it all out you know, wrote the street names, so I would never get them confused. So how wonderful that is that they're going to do that on a whole wall for you. What inspiration that is. Yeah,
1: I've, exactly. I've got so many little scratched up maps. I think, that, you know, the whole idea of taking them all and putting them together
0: will be a whole lot more beneficial for me. Well, what a sweet thing your children are doing for you. So tell us what is your favorite part and your least favorite part of the publishing journey?
1: Oh, well, um, my favorite by far would have to be when your agent calls you and said, I sold your book. It kind of makes all those long hours justified, you know, sung in her little happy voice. My least favorite would definitely be promoting multiple books at once. (laughs) You want your book to do well. And I've been fortunate to have a very awesome street team and marketing teams from my three current publishers but it's very hard to keep things going and focus on one book when you've already got a new book coming out. But it's not a bad thing to have, so I guess I shouldn't really complain
0: about that. The only complaint is just keeping those characters straight in your head. That's that's the only thing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So talking about characters, describe your perfect hero and your perfect heroine.
1: Oh, I love strong heroines. You know, the ones that just don't know they're strong until they absolutely have to be Uh, relatable, raw women who are by nature strong. But as all of us, you know, they're fragile, too. I like flaws, um, which helps a reader connect because all of us are. And I don't believe in creating a perfect character. You know, those ones that can just tackle everything head on and, you know, come out successful. We all kind of need help from time to time. And I just I like to portray that in our books, that it's okay to accept help, ask for help, lend help. So I like, you know, female characters who have, you know, their issue, their flaws and they find their way out, but not by doing it alone. And I guess as far as heroes. Well, of course, I love that strong, silent type like most readers do. You know, the guy who. You know, his life's been interrupted. And now he has to step out of his creature comforts. I kind of think that's when we get to see what he's really made of. And I like building characters like that. I don't like chatters. I like heroes that when they say something, you know, you listen. Um And my heroes today have ranged from everything from game wardens to bee farmers. So it's pretty good wide selection.
0: Well, you know, I, I have to comment that I've met your husband. And he is the strong, quiet type. How many of your heroes are modeled after your husband? I would
1: have to say my recent Love and Sparta release, Daniel, um, mimics my husband quite a bit, especially since we have a blended family. So it made it a whole lot easier to write using him as a muse. Silas Graber, from my very first book, To Catch a Hummingbird, had a lot of Mike's qualities involved. I just tweaked them up a bit to make Mike even look better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've i been fortunate to have lots of strong men in my life. You know, my brother-in-law gave my husband a kidney. He has, he's been a great father figure. My dad has been a wonderful example. Uh, my sons have become great men and, and all of them have similar traits like that. So my muse, I don't have to go very far for it. It doesn't, I don't have to try and dig too hard to find great heroes for my stories.
0: Oh, that is wonderful. So tell me, how many plot ideas are just waiting to be written? And can you tell us about anyone in particular?
1: Oh, my brain is constantly moving and fueled about uh, coffee. So I'm gonna say, I don't know, probably a hundred. I don't know. I don't know how many. Uh, my my brain's always plotting.
0: I have a notebook that I keep on my desk that when those random thoughts come in, I write them down and then I'll go back to that notebook and I'll think, what was I thinking? What is that statement all about? I know.
1: I think I have that same notebook. <laughs>
0: and of course the little
1: post-it notes everywhere, like you'll be working on one book and then the next book you think of something that needs to go in it. So yeah. Thank God for post-it notes. Now, as far as, um, Sharing something about when I get my current projects is actually quite a bit of a secret for the moment. And to my knowledge, no one's ever written what I'm working on. So but I can tell everyone that's listening, if you're a fan of any of my four debuting novels this year, then you should know that not a one of them will end We're, you know, they're not not going to be a one, a standalone.
0: So that takes us right into talking about Christmas grace and It sounds like an interesting book. And before we get started, I want to set the scene a little bit. I'm going to read your back matter to Christmas, just to set the stage, okay? Christmas Grace... Grace Miller believed herself in love with the charming Englisher who eventually broke her heart. Now alone, except for the secret life growing inside of her, she arrives in the unfamiliar small village of Walnut Ridge, Kentucky, to hide and hopefully gain forgiveness. She is pleasantly surprised, however, to find a tight-knit, welcoming group who help her heart grow right alongside her belly. And with the holidays around the corner, there's plenty of preparations to occupy her mind also occupying her mind her strong protective neighbor Colin Graber the town's blacksmith, who seems intent on not allowing her to suffer alone. Well, it sounds like a wonderful Christmas story. How about you tell us where you drew your inspiration for for this particular story.
1: I have to be honest, it happened on an accident. Uh, My agent was getting ready to pitch my very first manuscript and um, she was going on a cruise with um, a bunch of agents, authors, you know, and she asked me how quick I could put together another book. She wanted something very Christmassy, Amish, something with a baby, and Grace literally came to me instantly. I mean, I knew her hair color, I knew her plight, I knew everything I wanted to do with her. And I wanted, you know, a character that had fallen. We admire our Amish neighbors, but sometimes people tend to forget that they're actually human too and subject to mistakes. I'd heard once about a young Amish woman who found herself in, you know, similar shoes as Grace did, but I never got to hear the end of her story. And I'm not very good about not getting the end of a story. So my writer brain was kind of aching to give it one and i guess i just found a way to take the two ideas and put them together and form christmas grace i actually wrote the full unedited manuscript from beginning to end in less than 3 weeks because oh it was goodness. just that clear to me it was the fastest the fastest manuscript i ever put together
0: wow well, you know when when a story comes together like that and you have it played in your head in every detail it is quite quick to write that. I mean, you're writing three, four 5,000 words a day. I cannot tell you how many showers I had during
1: that time or how much I ate. Um, I do remember falling in my bed at different odd hours, you know, just catching a little few winks and then jump back at it again. But yeah, it really, the story was just too clear. It was just, it was there. So it was probably one of my first, most raw, you know, straightforward projects that I had ever done.
0: Well, that is wonderful. So what kind of research did you have to do for Christmas Grace? Well,
1: it was, you know, one of my first books and I I was really still like I've lived near Amish, uh, small Amish community for over 10 years now. And of course, we all are neighbors and friends. I've spent a lot of time with them. This was probably the first time I actually started asking hard questions with my neighbors. Uh, they're very helpful. They never have a problem, you know, answering my questions. Uh, quite a few of them even read my books, which tickles me to death. You know, talking with them, I learned a little bit more each time. I enjoyed spending about three days in my neighbor's kitchen prepping for this book, picking her brain while we canned sausage. Uh, so I learned how to do two things at once that those couple days. Most of um, the research for this book was just, you know, how would the Amish handle situations of an unwed pregnancy? And, you know, because shunning is not practiced as often as people think. It's not as common as it once was. But there are situations, you know, where it's still necessary and certain steps are taken. So I tried to bring that out in Christmas Grace that it wasn't so common. But sometimes it's, you know, how something's handled in home is different than wh- how it's
0: handled in community. Exactly. All Amish communities across the country, are different. our readers and our listeners, I hope they keep their mind open to that, that even if they've only read one Amish book, it may be completely different the way that community handles the situation in the next community. So even as a reader,
1: yeah, I've learned that and reading other authors and friends of mine now, I don't think any of us are exactly the same. Uh, Our words are different or how they handle something is very different. Even if they have the basic, you know, morals are grounded. It's still handled so very differently.
0: It is. Well, that leads me into, we've already talked a little bit about the story and your characters. I like to ask our authors that if their story was made into a movie, who would be their leading actress and actor?
1: I would have to say, I've got a lot of favorites, but probably Amy McAdams. I think she'd do great. And and I do know we're the exact same height and we're born in the same year. (laughs) Okay. Um, Tom Selleck has to play somewhere because, you know, he's Tom Selleck. But yeah, if we got to have a hero, I don't know. Maybe Chris Evans, you know, the Captain America guy or that Josh Domel, the cute guy from Safe Haven. Yeah, Josh, definitely Josh. Even if Amy doesn't like him, I want Josh to play my hero.
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, we've talked a little bit about Christmas, Grace. How about you read us your first page?
1: Grace Miller stepped cautiously across the lopsided porch of the old cabin, a deep sense of doom hanging over her small shoulders like a dark cloud. Built on a tilt, she thought to herself, eyeing the overhang of rotted wood and leaning posts attached to the structure. Her oldest sister, Charity, would have come to the same conclusion if she was here. Only Charity wouldn't be here. None of her four sisters would ever be where Grace was now. Only Grace would be foolish enough to go against everything she had to ever known to be right here. She sh- shook her head slowly, keeping a t- tight hold on her unshed tears. She was not dreaming. he was so very real. She obediently followed her auntie up the untrusty step. Moving inside the doorway, she whispered a silent prayer for strength to endure this next trial. As her eyes took in the room, her home for the coming months was nothing like the one her mother had described so kindly before she left. If a quaint little cabin had ever rested on this forgotten piece of dry earth, she wished it would present itself now. The driveway itself, steep and hazardous and was certainly not maintained, had taken a Herculean amount of effort for the poor horse to even climb to get here. Grace's shoulders slumped, suddenly realizing she would not again have such a luxury. If she was ever to travel beyond these four worn-out walls, it would be on foot.
0: Oh, that was wonderful. I forgot to ask you, Mindy, what time period is your book set in? Yeah, it's a current modern day. Well, thank you so much for giving us an insight to Christmas, Grace. And I have to ask you, is there anything you're working on right now that you can share with us?
1: Well, I have about a couple, three projects going on, and I'm getting pretty excited about them now that they're coming together better. Aside from the new project that we can't talk about yet, I've got two new Amish series going. I just finished book two in a series called Daniel's Daughters for my agent to start shopping. Um readers who all who have enjoyed his Amish wife's hidden past will probably love this series since it's the story of each of the Rabors girl all grown up. Between edits and obligations to my current publishers, I'm working on uh, the Amish of Locust Creek. And it's about a small community that's shrinking and those that are remaining. It's their struggle of how to keep everything from disappearing. The next new series that I started on and almost finished the first two books is The Bluegrass Amish Brides. It's kind of an extension of all the characters, you know, from other books, along with new ones. And there's going to be lots of weddings involved.
0: Don't you love it when you can write in a series and you can pull characters from the first couple books into the last ones? I think that's what entices our readers.
1: I I think so, too. I think when you fall in love with certain characters and some of some people have really taken to a few of my characters, you don't just want them to disappear. You want to let them even if they're in the foreground, you know, you've been introduced to new ones. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. And you get to see a community grow or fall or, you know, you get to be
0: part of it. I have a couple of fun questions for you. But before we do that, is there any specific things you want to say to your readers? I think as a writer,
1: it's scary to send your words out into the world, you know, share it with people and then find out what they think. And so many of you have tried on a new to me author and my first two releases have already shown that people are falling in love with them. The Amish flower farm from Hallmark, you know, the Hallmark's first Amish romance. I'm still blown away by so many responses on it. So far, all four of my books this year have hit the top Amazon 100 a few times. I think that in itself deserves a thank you so much for all of you for supporting me. And as long as you're, you keep being willing to read my books, I promise I'll keep writing
0: them. Oh, That's perfect. All right. Just for fun, I have some questions for you. Number one being, but if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Am I doing this right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think
1: we're all, I'm, I'm a believer that we all have to, a talent, something that we should, you know, use for others. But I guess now that I'm older and things have changed for me, I, I can see where those ta- talents change also. Um, when I was younger, I felt like God blessed me with our large family because he had that faith in me that I could raise, contributing and carry the, caring members of society I dedicated everything for my children and my husband when our last child grew out of his boyhood and I I found I had a different purpose which was share inspirations and stories to everyone so I feel like that might change but yeah I, I really you know you never know if you're doing it right so yeah I would have to say if I ask God anything is please tell me am I doing this right <laughs>
0: I guess when you meet him and he says, um, well done, good and faithful servant, you'll know the answer.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. that That's what I can hope for.
0: There you go. All right. How many
1: books do you own? Okay, well, I'm kind of frugal. I have a small, small library. And it kind of takes me really, really loving the book before I will put it there. And I actually own 217 books. Well, there you go. I think that's a good bit. I plan on hopefully rereading. I do have, now that doesn't count my to be read pile. So I don't know if you want that number, but it's like 58. I am so behind.
0: (laughs) Well, when you're writing four books a year, how do you have time to read?
1: Oh, I well, you have to read if you're going to write. Like I just, I don't feel like you can really write if you're not reading. I don't even know how to explain that. It just seems like the two go hand in hand.
0: So my last question is, do you have a motto you live by and can you share it with us?
1: Oh, yes. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> Those four words have gotten me so far and have helped me through so many trials. I mean, when I was younger, I had Bible verses and things that I just, oh, this is my motto. No, keep on keeping on. Um uh, it might be the four words that I don't recall ever being written in the Bible, but it still shows a lot of strength of never stopping. You don't stop, we don't
0: stop until we're done, exactly, and that's a wonderful motto to live by. well, Mindy, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week, and I look forward to reading all of your new projects any Any last words? No, just
1: thank you so much for letting me be on buggy talk today and Thank you all that are
0: listening and you have a great day. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode. And I encourage you to visit my website at com to see a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape.